You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning from America's Web Radio. This is uh, Sandy Bostic, and we're here with the uh, our favorite time of the week, the Agent in Charge Hour. And uh, I have with me today Maggie Oswald. Hi, Maggie. Hello there, Sandy. How are you doing? Doing great. And Dave Moxley is our is our third sidekick. Hi, Dave. How you doing, Sandy? My fellow it's Texan. All great. Hey, yes, sir. So, well, hey, so I know we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and and so I'm just going to. Uh, we did a show last time. Uh, we missed last week, but we did a show last time where we did some uh, talk about paranormal investigations and incidents and all, and and uh, we were talking about doing a, a, a second half of that, and we'll do that soon. And because we didn't get through all of our material, and it's interesting, but a lot of stuff has happened here in the last two weeks. And so, uh, you know, things that really affect not only our country, but the world. And, uh, so I kind of wanted to launch into these. And, uh, and our, our main, uh, topic today is going to be secession, secession of, uh, any state, particularly Texas. We're going to use our own home state, Texas, as an example and succession from the United States because that's a hot topic right here in Texas and around the country with all the disenchantment with the Supreme Court and, and the uh, the voter fraud and all the things that are being alleged and the, the lack of investigation that's going on. So there's a lot of stuff happening out there. And, of course, we have the stimulus package that is being presented to the White House and the president saying oh. that the COVID stimulus package and the president saying he's going to veto it. And, uh, well, and I'm going to go over so. it yeah, and I'm going to read. I'm going to read the number. I was reading with Dave a few minutes ago where that money's actually going. It's staggering. And uh, but anyway, so that said, I'm going to start out with with a, a quote from Thomas Jefferson because this kind of this kind of really embodies what we're going to talk about today. And Thomas Jefferson said that the end of democracy, sorry, excuse me, the end of democracy and the defeat of the American Revolution will occur when government falls into the hands of lending institutions and moneyed corporations. And so. Uh, he must have had a better uh, crystal ball than Nostradamus. <laughs> 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 so, what do you think about that, Maggie? What, do you, what, what, what what's new on your mind today that that we need to look at before we jump into all this good stuff? Well, first of all, uh, the stimulus package is BS. Uh, <laughs> the United States has to get out of the idea that we need to save the world. I think it was at the Monroe Doctrine, which was, uh, it's been a long time since I was in civics, folks, so if I get this wrong, please correct me. But it seems to me that we should be take care of ourselves first. I mean, I'm sorry if transgendered people in Pakistan are having problems in but that's Pakistan's problem. Right. Um, I, I can't see why we need to spend uh, $24 million, is it, on the on the Kennedy Center uh, for the art? It arts? is. Exactly. $26,400,000. I mean, let the artists <laughs> do it. Tom Cruise gets $20 million a picture. Uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z make billions of dollars a year. Let them support the arts. Why does the let government me, have to do it? Let me add a little fuel to your fire, Maggie. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the Smithsonian. Okay, now this, I'm going to break this up. A buddy okay, of mine I, to me. I have no problem with the Smithsonian getting money. That's a beautiful complex. It, 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 I spent 
three weeks in in Washington, um, helping with the with the confidential informant files. And I spent every waking minute I could that I wasn't in the office at the Smithsonian. Give the Smithsonian money, but not in a COVID stimulus package. Right, right. So, so yeah. So it breaks down to different. Uh, there's 14 million going to the Wilson Center. National Arts and Humanities getting 167 million. National Art Gallery is getting 154 million dollars. I mean, this is one. This is what's going to stagger you. Foreign countries, the aid that was that was tagged onto this. Mm-hmm. Egypt is getting one billion three hundred million dollars. Ukraine, yeah, they're gonna, just, okay, just, go ahead. and they're going to buy all their military equipment from Russia, not us. Right, and so and then the Sudan is getting seven hundred million dollars. Uh, Ukraine mm-hmm. four hundred fifty-three million. Uh, Israel, I don't complain about. It. They're kind of like Smithsonian Museum. They're getting uh, yeah. five hundred million, and they need it. They, yeah. They're their allies. Uh, right, all one hundred thirty million. Burma, 135 million. So they can uh, torture Cambodia. more dissidents. And Pakistan, your favorite country, 25 million. <laughs> yeah, for gender <laughs> studies, transgender <laughs> relations. I'm no, I don't have that. Maggie, Maggie, oh, yeah. I, believe, I believe you. Maggie, by the it's way, uh, Maggie, by the way, the Monroe Doctrine was uh, the United States declaring that they would protect the. Um, South America, basically, if any uh, invasion were to come, you know, and the, and this is uh, this is they proclaimed the Monroe Doctrine for the uh, missile blockade. Oh, okay. No, that wasn't it. Then it's the, uh, whoever the president was that was for isolationism. That's what I'm thinking of, and huh. I, I got it confused with the Monroe Doctrine. Oh. Uh, let's look that one up here during the break. We'll see if we can find that. Yeah. And uh, so. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I just want to do one last thing for we kind of really get into this heavy. Uh, I made a I made a comment the show before last where I was talking about uh, the alleged money that Joe Biden took uh, on the Ukraine scandal, and I said nine hundred million. That's not correct. It was nine. It's alleged to be nine hundred thousand dollars. So I said it twice, and, and people have asked me about that, and so uh, so uh, I have to correct that. So. So, and one last thing, Maggie, remember we looked up, uh, we had an email from uh, uh, Oh, um, I think it's Michael or Matthew, was it? I can't remember. Matthew, yeah. About yeah, so the felony. Matthew. Right. Go ahead. So, Matthew, Matthew emailed us. Uh, Matthew is a uh, is a uh, uh, ex-convict, uh, a, a convicted felon who, who went to prison for about five years on the possession and distribution. And I'm not sure what the drug actually was. He just emailed and we didn't do research yeah, and, and we didn't have his full name. But his, yeah, his question matter. was, so his question was, uh, now he's, you know, he's become a, a Christian and he's changed his ways and he's truly rehabilitated and he wants to like you and I did, uh, you know, defend the country and, and fight for our freedom. And, and so he was wanting to know, number one, if, if there was a way he could do it. Number two, if he could, if there was a, uh, a, uh, any type of a vehicle that would pardon his criminal conviction, allow him to become a special agent. And then what I discussed with him was, was, was probably not, but you have the actual facts on that. And I'm um, becoming a, a certified, I mean, becoming a confidential informant. Well, anyway, go ahead. Mm. What, what you, let, let, let him know what you found there. Yeah, okay. Well, but it was he wanted to know about a felony waiver um, that would, uh, a federal felony waiver that would allow him to, uh, the government to overlook his 
criminal conviction and allow him to become uh, a police officer or, or work for the FBI or a federal law enforcement agency. And unfortunately, um, the information is there's two different, um, two different types of this waiver. The first waiver is a judge uh, can determine that uh, a, a crime that, can, that, that is just over the uh, threshold for a felony conviction can be reduced to a misdemeanor. And so the, the person would, be, would, cha- would face ch- uh, a penalty of a misdemeanor rather than a felony. And a felony is usually a year in jail minimum plus a fine. Okay, that's the first federal waiver, and that's at the time um, the the person is arraigned. The second one is a a, a, the, a felony waiver is a special permission granted to a United States military recruit with a felony on their criminal record, and um, they they can get that, but it cannot be any um, what they call serious offenses. And it's usually anything that has to do with uh, drug drug conviction. Um, they, you're just, you know, out of luck. And I'm sorry that, that, that it is that way because I'm helping a young man right now who let true love get in the way of common sense in his... Um, We've all done baby, that at one time or another. Yeah, his baby mama's his baby mama's daddy uh, allowed him to drive the Escalade to a concert in another city that it got popped and it had a load of dope in it that the young man didn't have any idea it was. He stood up wow. and he said, "Yeah, I'm guilty. Yeah, I was driving the car. He did. Well, he was sentenced to ten years. He did five, and he's on probation wow. for five years or parole. Is it parole?" Yeah, was federal supervised release. Yeah, it was federal. So anyway, and he stood up. He said, yeah, I was stupid. He said, I should have known better. I knew what this guy did, you know, but, you know, he was madly in love. So I have, you know, a little bit of a problem with that because that limits this young man's uh, ability to, uh, you know, get a uh, law enforcement job if that's what he wants or go into the military he you know that type of thing so anyway but that, that, those were the two um, the versions of the felony waiver and unfortunately it does not um, work to Matthew's advantage and I'm sorry about that right but like I say like I, and I had responded to Matthew uh, by email and uh, said that you know but the uh, flip side of that i mean you know the uh, all the different agencies with the with homeland security being our our uh i guess our last agency we work for by by default uh you know we're going to work as a confidential informant or as an expert i mean there's there's always uh an opportunity for that you just kind of got to decide which agency you think would be your best fit and dea you remember used to under customs we were the best show in town because we paid our informants the most. It was easiest yeah. to pay them. That's why we were always so successful. But that has right. flip-flopped in the last few years. I mean, HSI does not have good money for informants anymore. It's so difficult to get. And But DEA has kind of stepped up where we left off. And, and the FBI, they're just so hard to work with on anything that I would yeah. suggest that uh, that if you wanted to go to work in that field, get start with DEA. And uh, and just I wouldn't show up at their office because people watch their office all the time. But I would just make a phone call to what they call the duty agent. They'll have a one eight hundred number, 
call and uh, and ask and to talk to somebody and uh, one of the agents, and, and they can steer you in the right direction. Now, the thing is, you got to remember when you call the duty agent, as Maggie knows, everybody, all the street agents, all the field level agents, take a week, usually a week to a couple of days, being doing their turn on duty. In other words, they're, they're the guy on call who channels all the incoming calls, and so. And they're, they're like, agents are like horses. I mean, some are great, <laughs> some are mediocre, and some aren't worth a crap. And so if, if you get somebody that you don't get anything out of, I mean, call again. You know, call back later, and and, uh, and hopefully you'll get a good agent who will, will, will see your value as a, an informant or a uh, someone who can advise them. And they pay real well. I mean, I, I can tell everybody. I mean, I had a really good informant years ago that uh, we capped that person out twice and that was $250,000 two years in a row and yeah. so they don't all they don't all make that And but the, what this what this informant produced was was really top notch and so if you're in that I mean but you can make I mean how many times have we watched the guys stuff $20,000 in their socks you know and, and mm-hmm. the walk, walk out of the office so it, it pays well but like I say I think the best place to start in, in this case would be with the Okay, with that, we got, we got to let people think no, about that, and uh, we're going to go to a break. We'll be back with Agent in Charge and Maggie. And Maggie. <laughs> I'm your host, Dr. Hal. Every week, we come to you with the information that you need so that you will be I was, prepared I was gonna to say Tonto, but that wouldn't fit. when it comes to your health care. God forbid. Well, or we you could be Ed McMahon. Ossoff and Warnock in the Senate. And the left gets what they want, which is a majority in Congress and the White oh, House. Okay. First of all, <laughs> health care will be more expensive. There initially will be a public option. The government will run it. They will be initially very inexpensive. And it will drive commercial payers out of the health care market then the choices will disappear. The only insurer out there will be the federal government, and that's when we get a single payer. This is Rocky Blyer, and I hope you'll make plans to join us on January 28th for Warriors for Hope. I'm thrilled to be a part of this virtual fundraiser for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and Warrior to Citizen. These organizations do so much to support veterans, first responders, and families who've been touched by pediatric cancer. I'd also like to thank David Moxley and his show, David's Pick, here on America's Web Radio, for supporting Warriors for Hope. And I know you'll want to join in and support this event as well on January 28th. So visit warriorsforhope.events. That's warriors and the number four, hope.events. You can make a gift and reserve your seat for this virtual benefit. Again, that's warriors and the number four, hope.events. Thanks for your yeah, support. That's and what I'll you see said. you at noon on January 28th. Okay, we're coming back. In You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank one, you for listening. And it's your alls. All right, so we're back here after a little commercial break there, and now we're going to get into the succession subject uh, we talked about earlier. And I want to read one more time because just uh, because it's a good lead in here. Quote by Thomas Jefferson, the end of democracy and the defeat of the American Revolution will occur when government falls into the hands of lending institutions and money incorporations. So, that said, uh, here in Texas right now, there's a uh, there's been a big movement for a while, and it's just gotten bigger with the uh, recent uh, 
activities, news that we're getting uh, about the, uh, the, the, uh, the this 2020 election that has turned out to be such a, a hot subject, you know, because there's so much evidence of voter fraud out there. And if people are, I mean, there are people are mad. I mean, they're really mad. And, uh, and there's, we've got ourselves in a situation that, uh, you know, there's not, there's not going to be any peaceful resolution to this, no matter how it, it ends up. Whether uh, Biden ends up the White House or Trump, people are going to, feelings are going to be hard for a long time. And so when the Supreme Court, uh, turned down the, uh, the state of Texas's, uh, uh, Proposal to uh, our lawsuit, I should say, to to challenge the uh, other states that changed their voting laws right before the election to say that you know saying that what they did was unconstitutional. Of course, the, the Supreme Court uh, tossed it out. And okay, so, time out here. Time out. But it was they, the the lawsuit was that was unconstitutional against each individual state's constitution, not against the federal constitution. That each state laws said that they had to be that any changes to the election laws had to be passed by legislature and none of that was done in those in those states it, it was all just done by the governor saying well we're going to do this anyway so okay and i'm sorry i interrupted but i want to no, make no, that that's clear why, that's why you're here maggie okay. <laughs> <laughs> you always better keep me on track i know oh, keep me out of trouble I've always had a tendency to, to go, go get along, going too fast, faster than the tracks and care of me. I ended up out in the field. Your job was always to pull me back in. So, uh, so anyway, so, so, and we're just going to use Texas as an example because, you know, we all, you and I are in Texas. Dave is from Texas originally. And so, and this in Texas probably has the, uh, one of the strongest, uh, uh, arguments as far as secession. In other words, leaving the United States and reforming its own uh, republic or rejoining Mexico, where we came from, you know, prior to 1836. And so, and I'm just going to, I want to quote Alan West, Lieutenant Colonel Colonel Alan West, who is the head of the uh, Texas GOP, and he recently stated about a week ago, he said, said, in in response to the Supreme Court's uh, uh, decision to not hear the case, and and they say, it can be argued, I I can see why they didn't hear it, I think they should have heard it, but I can understand the reason for not hearing it. And uh, but at the same time, this is what Alan West said about it. He said, "Perhaps law-abiding states should bond together and form a union of states that will abide by the Constitution." Texas GOP Chairman Alan West said in a statement, "This was last Friday night. The Texas GOP will always stand for the Constitution and the, for the rule of law, while others don't." And so, so now I'm going to open it up. So uh, they, you know, there's a uh, this is you know, we discuss this and we want to see what what's good about it and what's bad about it and, and uh, I'm just going to say you know starting out here is that uh, you know Texas you know as far as their ability to take care of themselves if they say say we're successful and there's a and there's a list that we'll go through the process for this to happen and basically the Supreme Court has said no states can succeed from the United States okay. And so it either it's going to have to come by a revolution or it's going to have to come by some other type of peaceful means or an agreement. And, uh, but as of right now, this, the Supreme Court says that, that no states are allowed to leave the union. And, but that said, when you look at Texas, okay, can Texas take care of itself financially? Yes, it can. And, uh, let me find the numbers here because let's see. This is, this, no, this is all up for argument, of course, but, but uh, we have our GDP. We have a 
we have a higher GDP than Canada or Australia. And so we're capable financially taking care of ourselves. And as Texans here in Texas, with the, the oil and gas industry and the industry we have here, uh, we pay more in federal uh, taxes than we actually receive in services from the federal government. Now, I don't have those numbers in front of me. I'd have to really see that broke down, but, but I'm just going off the things I've read from different sources here. And so with that said, Texas does have the ability to take care of itself. But if we do that, Maggie, what's going to happen to us? Okay, well, here's the thing that, uh, you know, uh, that, I mean, I'm all in favor of it, to be perfectly honest. It's my understanding. Now, mind you, I hate to admit this, but I was raised in California, and um, so I didn't study a lot of Texas history, but it's my understanding that when Texas joined the United States, they reserved the right at any time to secede and form uh, and divide themselves into five separate states. Now, you know, one of you Texas history buffs tells me I'm wrong. Okay, somebody lied to me, but that's, that's what I understand. No, you're correct. Um, my, 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 my son, who's a very good student, is saying exactly what you said, so I think you're right on track. Yep. Okay. The problem we have is you will have to set up, um, okay, here, okay, we need a postal service, something to pass on the mail because that's a federal government agency. We need some type of um, uh, immigration service, a customs service, because we'll be our own independent country, state, whatever, we'll have to limit people, you know, take take care of who's coming in and going out, uh, regulate the commerce in and out of this thing. Um, Right now in Texas, and these were the latest stats I could come up with, and these these have to be wrong, and I'll tell you why in just a minute, but they estimate as of 2018 there's 2.797 million jobs, federal jobs, federal employment in Texas. Okay, and... Okay, now of that, that's 1.3 million uh, active duty military and over 800,000 National Guard Reserves. So all of those, and they they, they break it down that uh, Department of Veterans Affairs has 384,000, Department of the Army 238,000, Navy 204,000, which is kind of funny, but... Uh, oops, wait, 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 it went away. It went away. Let me get it back. I mashed the wrong button. Um, but here, and here's where I take issue with this amount of, uh, of what they claim. They claim that Customs and Border Protection, now where'd you go? Customs and Border Protection has 1,400 employees here. Well, I know that, you know, there's over 300 border patrolmen alone in in Brownsville, Texas. So those those yeah. figures have to be off. Uh, a little low, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, a little low. But I mean, all of the um, um, we have uh, three thousand members of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission here in Texas. So there's a whole other thing. Who's going to take care of our little nuclear power plant up there in wherever the hell it is, East Texas, someplace? Was it? How, how, about, how about NASA? What happens to NASA? Exactly, that's a federal that, that's a federal agency. Um, so right. you know that needs to be taken care of with the federal fish and wildlife. I mean, look at all the hunting and things that go on in Texas. So um, that would make you're going to have all of those jobs, all those people gone. Okay, we have to build right. a 
an infrastructure to take care of all of those jobs. Uh, 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 you know, I mean, it's, what about the VA? You know, what are we going to do with the veterans? That We have lots of veterans here in Texas. So who's right, going to right. take care of them? Okay. Then you think, okay, if three million people or however many I said, hold on, let me go back up here. Um, if all those millions of people move out of the state, which they would have to do because they no longer have a job here, um, three, three million houses on the market all at once, that's going to tank the housing economy. Right, you know? right. So here's, I mean, here's, 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 here's a question to both of you. So, I mean, so, okay, say this, I don't see this happening anytime soon. I think that if you, if we get into a situation where there is, some real economic problems, or we see the United States really turn towards a socialistic communist country. I think you'll, it's going to be a lot more plausible. And uh, but the, the question is, do you think people will leave Texas, or will they move to Texas? Well, both. But here's the deal, okay? Anybody, you know, like if we're with Homeland Security, or we were with Homeland Security, we signed a thing saying that we would transfer at the government's whim. So, boom, they transfer right. all of the Homeland Security people out of here. Okay? Right. All right. They gotta, you know, they're going to have to find places for them to live, to work, everything else, or riff them. Right. And that's right. for, right. for non, non-government people. That's a reduction in force. That means you lose your job, basically. So, right. the, you know, it, 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 I mean, I, you and I have talked about when they abolished the immigration service and, and we became Homeland Security. They combined the, the services of the Department of Trade with the U.S. Customs Service and the uh, uh, Immigration and Naturalization Service. How screwed up that whole thing has been from day one. I mean, nobody, you know, they didn't think about, okay, what do you do with the internal paperwork? What, whose filing system do you use so you can retrieve documents? Um, you know, and, and to do this for every single agency in the state of Texas? Yeah. You know, yeah, you stand up. The other other thing that uh, Maggie, you sort of mentioned, but uh, the other thing is <laughs> Texas is basically uh, borders is obviously the Gulf and uh, Mexico. So where do we get where do we get the military to protect Texas and the Navy and the Coast Guard and uh, and the Air Force? I mean, you know, uh, I would not well, be opposed National to it. Guard, yeah, I mean, you know, the National Guard, um, we have... Oh, please, um, Maggie, please, uh, wait a second. It's not the National Guard. It's the Texas National Guard. I'm sorry. The Texas National Guard would still be here. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> Although then, but then you. Well, no, but then I'm 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 arguing with myself in my head, which confuses people and me too sometimes. But I was going to say, well, then you've got posse comitatus, which means the military can't go, um, you know, defend the border because they can't be involved in law enforcement activities. But then, if we're no longer part of the United States, then the Constitution doesn't, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, 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 there's too many problems that, be, you know, that need to be thought of and dealt with before anybody does anything. Um, before they, you know, so, before they end up on who, the ballot. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, the other. Who, whose constitution are we going to follow? Are we going to follow the U.S. Constitution, which is a pretty damn good document? 
or the Texas Constitution, which is a little screwed up because there's no proceed, no uh, mechanism in it to um, to um, abolish laws. You just abolish or you just amend them every time. So, you know, it's real crazy. You know, so you know, I, I mean, I met a ahead. guy. This was when I was still in Russia, and uh, I was uh, still I was working out of the Moscow, the embassy there, and, and uh, every year. The FSB, which is the current uh, name for the old KGB, uh, mm-hmm. they would have what they called the spy ball, and the spy ball uh, we, we call it, it was we we called it that, but it was actually yeah. the uh, FSB would invite all the different uh, law enforcement and intelligence uh, people that were working in the various embassies throughout the city of Moscow to this big. It was like a, a you know the Russian Christmas and New Year's are about two weeks later than ours, and it, it's about a two-week celebration. So we'd actually have this in January. And so mm-hmm. I met this guy there, and it's really a, a, neat, a neat thing to go to because it's in the old uh, uh, KGB headquarters. Uh, and it's trying to think of the name of the building right now. I can't really have this. I can tell you right now if I wasn't thinking about it, but I've actually been on a tour of the place. It's really amazing. And uh, But this uh, this one guy, he's former. His name is Igor Panarin. And I met this guy. And he's a, uh, a Russian academic, former KGB analyst, much like you, Maggie, mm-hmm. <laughs> who, has, who has been predicting since 1998 that the U.S. will collapse via economic implosion followed by civil war. And he was predicted in 2010. I was there in 2011 when I started. And so it hadn't happened by then. And he and I talked about it. And he's really interesting. He's not, he's not malicious about this. He's just looked at, he looks just like you. He looked at looked at facts and, and would draw try to draw you know logical conclusions and so he told me at the time he said well he said you know he said because uh, with of course trump was not in the white house at the time but he at the time we were relatively at peace and and uh, within the country under obama and uh, even though we weren't making any money and uh but uh so he uh he, he said you know he said this i went back and i look at my my models now he said i really believe that this is going to happen probably sometime around 2025. That's what he said. He, he bumped it up another 15 years, he said, because he said, you know, you can't be 100% accurate. He said, but he said, but he said, mark my words, it's going to happen. And so and what was interesting, and I've got his map drawn pulled up here, and I'll just kind of, I'll kind of go how he sees it. He doesn't see the United States, like Texas, breaking off on its own, and, and he sees bunches of states breaking off into their own and uh, and he has the, the California Republic, which is Washington, Oregon, Idaho, California, Nevada, Utah, and Arizona. He has the uh, the Central North American Republic. He's looking at Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, and Colorado, and Wyoming. Now that Wyoming would go along with that, but you know they're pretty conservative there. Well, I don't think has, Montana will either. But right, and he's. Now he's also he's showing he has what he calls the, the Atlantic America. Of course, that's all the uh, East Coast states, and then uh, and then he drops down in Texas. He he's he, he's referring to this as the Texas Republic, which he told me he believes he will become he will go back under Mexico or become a partner with Mexico. And he has going with Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. And uh, hmm. now I don't know about I don't know about New Mexico. I think New Mexico would probably stay with the California Republic if, if they were given that option. But so anyway, so you know, and he's a uh, like I say he studies this in very in depth. And, and uh, but like I say, his main thing was, and I'll just kind of quote him here. 
And uh, let's see here. Let's see. Professor Panarin, 50 years old at the time. He's, he's older than that now. He, he's my age. He's not a French finger, former KB, KGB analyst. He is dean of the Russian Foreign Ministry Academy for Future Diplomats. He has advised the Kremlin receptions, lectures, students, publishes books, and appears in the media as an expert on U.S. relations, U.S.-Russia relations. So he's no, he's not a lightweight. I mean, he's very well respected in, in his opinion. So, you know, so... Now, is he right or is he wrong? Time's only going to tell. But so, what do you guys think about, say, if Texas were to break off? What are the, what's the plausibility of it? Is it actually hooking up with Mexico and coming up with some type of a uh, uh, a partnership? So no, I can't see it. Mexico doesn't have enough to offer us. Well, but. Here's the thing. I mean, of course, the, the problem with Mexico, as you and I well know, is the, the corruption in government, which we all have now. And uh, but you know, I don't. I think we might, if, if that were to happen, if we were to you know become part of Mexico again, which we were in prior to our, our independence it was 1840, I think it was. Uh, no, some, but, I don't know. I, I'll tell you what California did, but I don't know what Texas did. <laughs> Right, right. Well, but but you think about it, I mean, because there, there's a lot of people in Mexico. I mean, you're talking about, okay, how are we going to come up with enough people to form our own military? And you already have an established military in Mexico. It's just, yeah, yes, they, they it, revamping and, yeah, we, we know so, what it's like. But it's so totally corrupt. I mean, you've got a nation that 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 corruption that bribery is an in, is, a, is, a, is practically an inherited trait you can, you you can't do anything in mexico without paying somebody something i mean and i hate to say that but but it's i used to work at a real estate company and i worked with this wonderful man daniel Pablado, who came from mexico city and he came here he said he brought he brought his kids here because he said he didn't want them to grow up under the corruption, and his kids were like nine and seven and three, I think. And right. and you know he said everything, and this was well, gosh, 1980, I think. So what, 40 years ago? He said, you know, and it's just gotten worse now with all the drug money, the cartels. You know, when they they say, hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Take this truck over here. Shut your eyes. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, I'm shutting my eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> and now and here's the thing. I mean, Russia, as powerful a country as they are, I mean, they're of course when we say these these countries are corrupt. I mean, you know, you gotta say one thing about President Trump. He has expo- he has exposed the corruption within our government too. I mean, oh, there's yeah. no two ways about it. Everything that that's going on and the pay for play and quid pro quo mm-hmm. stuff that we're seeing and and uh but uh but you know alexander the uh the great was was the uh uh not alexander the great i'm sorry uh peter the great uh he was the, great. the uh it was a czar there in russia back in the seven late 1700s and uh he he really brought them out of the uh the, the uh, middle ages stone ages dark ages whatever you want to call it because he was very interested in science, invention, and he's also the one who got the Russians on the water. He formed their first uh, navy, uh, uh, their first navy shipbuilding yards. He was really progressive. Uh, he really he built the city of Saint Petersburg, which is where he was the capital of Russia for a long time. But he's he was quoted as saying, and, and of course it's in Russian, so 
I don't have the direct translation from it, but he just said, you know, he said, if we could ever stop the people from Russia from being corrupt, he said, we could conquer the world. He said, but our biggest problem is our own internal corruption because, you know, like we talked about today, they can't even develop, they can't even develop a, a, a car that's really a vehicle, motor vehicle that's uh, a real player on the on the foreign market. I mean, they just because because of corruption, like you said, in Mexico mm-hmm. is the same way. You you can't build anything unless you pay off fifteen or twenty people in the process. Mm-hmm. Russia is the same way. So, with that said, I mean, if if we could, you know, give become part of Mexico. What's the odds of us getting in there with 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 our with our technology in the state of Texas and say the other states go with us that I just I mentioned. I mean, what would be so difficult about us basically doing, doing what Mexico, what people in Mexico want is really overhauling the the, uh, the government there and, and producing a country like say, because you look at Mexico, I do have to differ with you. When I look at Mexico and I've, I've spent some time down there is, you know, they have a tropical growing season and they have, they have the Pacific and Atlantic on both sides. They have lots of natural resources and they have a lot of people. And so I think a lot of the uh, questions as far as it would it would definitely help their economy and would raise them up and it would make Texas easier to defend because you would be able to have a, a military that's already pretty much kind of established now. And then do and all you have to defend now is that little bit stripped down the Yucatan and, and, and the waterways, right? You'd have to yeah, you know that, uh, but, but too, one thing that has been skipped over and just think of the years it'd take to establish a currency. Texas doesn't have its own dollar bill, and uh, currency, yes, yes. You'd have a whole nother bag of worms and talk about corruption. Hello. Um, <laughs> yeah. You start printing money. Yeah, I know. And, you know where does it end? I. You know. Right. Well, I know. I mean, I mean, we we can't even deal with the corruption in our own country, let alone go down to one where it's been. It's it, it, it's been a, a habit for three hundred years, you know. Right. I right, don't know. But now the, wanna... the Texas GDP, the Texas GDP is one point seven trillion dollars a year. Okay, that's just that's just the state of Texas. That's what that's what we produce uh, in goods and services, and so uh, you know that's a pretty big, pretty big chunk of money. So you're talking about currency, Dave. I mean. I, I think that hopefully we've learned a lesson from the, the failed uh, financial policies of, of the United States government is that you're going to have to have a currency system that's backed up by the gold standard. Yeah, so that's, we need that's, to. That's what's going to, because Texas has the money. It's not that we don't have the money. We got the money, and there's a lot of money here. And uh, But you know, I don't know how you'd go to pulling all that money back in yeah, because it's just like all of us, we have money invested everywhere outside of the state of Texas. And so uh, so you, you, you pull it all in. I mean, how do you get it back here? And uh, But the thing is, I mean, like in answer to your question, Maggie, I mean, uh, okay, so I think that the Constitution, I know that what Colonel West was talking about was just taking the Constitution. I know I'm, I'm probably putting words in his mouth. I just This is what I think he's thinking, is that you take the current Constitution that has served this country so well for so long, and you just make that the Texas Constitution with maybe a couple of tweaks here and there where we found that things didn't really work that well. And, but there are very few places in our Constitution that I can think of that are like that. And, no, and, I think uh, that was and, then, uh, and then go with a uh, with a uh, uh, a gold standard or an oil standard, some type of uh, currency that's backed by wealth. 
mean, yeah, we're not we're, we're not backed by wealth here in this country. No, it's all smoke and mirrors. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I tell you, all these people out there that that want to get on Social Security, they think they have all this money in Social Security. Social Security's been broke for years, folks. There's no money in Social Security. No. <laughs> Everything that you get is a loan from somebody else that's given to you. It's a and, uh, Ponzi scheme is what it is. It's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> I mean, that. A lot of people, you, know, you hear the word Ponzi scheme, you may say, explain that to, to the listeners. Well, well okay, it's scheme. like, okay, a Ponzi scheme is, uh, I have, uh, I have uh, this, great investment opportunity for you. You invest $100,000 with me and I'm going to pay you 50% interest. And, you know, the the more people we get involved in this, the higher rate of return is going to be. So if you go get 10 of your friends to each invest $100,000, then they can get 50%. And so then what I do is I take your 10 friends, $100,000 each, I pay you the 50%, that I promised you with their money, and it keeps goes on and on and on and on and on, and 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 it ends up like the top two or three people that are first ones in on it get the money, and the rest of them lose everything, and that's what Social Security right. is. Now right, it started right. out. Right. When you stop to think, it started out to provide um, uh, a, a pension plan for farmers and teachers. Okay, that was the whole point of Social Security back in the day was farmers, when they got too old to work, how were they going to live? What were they going to support themselves on? And teachers, that there were no unions, there was no retirement funds for teachers. That's what it was about. And then the damn Democrats go in to start promising everything to everybody. And, well, now, if if you've never paid in a dime to the system and your parent is killed or dies um, uh, and and you're under 18, you get X amount of dollars a month until you turn 18 years old. Even though your parents never paid a dime into the system, you can get money. Right. Okay, we're going to have to let people think about that while we take a break. We'll be back okay. with... We'll be back with Scott and uh, what am I saying? Sandy and Maggie. Sandy and Maggie. No, I had the more morning on the brain. But anyway, Sandy and Maggie. We'll be back right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hey guys, it's Minister Frankie with Shine His Light Ministries. It's getting cold outside and winter is coming. It's time to shine a little light on our friends on the street. We're collecting blankets and coats for the homeless all winter long. Please donate by going to our website at www.shinehislightministry.com or text 770-655-8055. 
This is Rocky Blyer, and I hope you'll make plans to join us on January 28th for Warriors for Hope. I'm thrilled to be a part of this virtual fundraiser for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and Warrior to Citizen. These organizations do so much to support veterans, first responders, and families who've been touched by pediatric cancer. I'd also like to thank David Moxley and his show, David's Pick, here on America's Web Radio, for supporting Warriors for Hope. And I know you'll want to join in and support this event as well on January 28th. So visit warriorsforhope.events. That's warriors and the number four, hope.events. You can make a gift and reserve your seat for this virtual benefit. Again, that's warriors and the number four, hope.events. Thanks for your support, and I'll see you at noon on January 28th. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Agent Charge Hour here on America's Web Radio. Uh, during the break, uh, Maggie and I were, in, were discussing uh, uh, some different things and all, and so we're going to kind of... In the last few minutes here, we're going to look at this, and, and I'm, I'm going to kind of put this under the, uh, if, if, we're, if we're talking about the possibility of states seceding from the United States with all the uh, turmoil that's going on and the hard feelings. And you know, like we talked about, uh, regardless of who takes the White House in January, who moves in there or who stays there, I mean, there's going to be hard feelings, and, and people are the people are mad on both sides of the aisle. And, and so, just, you know, as well as saying, you know, once the pressure gets too high, something's got to blow. And so uh, and we're trying to find, look at peaceful ways to uh, get out from under these, any serious issues that may come up. And so we're talking about the possibility, that's an example, of uh, Texas seceding from the United States. And Maggie, you brought up an interesting uh, topic a while ago. You're helping a friend, and I'll let you go into the details. Uh, look into uh, buying property, and uh, but the, what I'm going to put this under is education because I've said for years the federal government being in charge of our education system is is a is not smart. It's not a good thing because they teach everything but education. And so I'm going to let you just talk about this person that you're that you were discussing earlier and, and the dilemma that she's in. Okay. Well, you know, you, you, you hear this term white privilege bandied around uh, by all the liberals and stuff, and, and I don't really think there is such a thing as white privilege. I think what it actually is is class privilege, and it's the middle and upper middle class and upper classes in the United States and their education system where the parents can afford to send kids to a private school where they uh, teach them life lessons and, and, and I'm helping a friend of mine try to buy a house um, she lives in just this horrible ratty apartment and um, and we're trying to get her out but, but like she didn't know anything at all about a credit rating and you know uh, she doesn't have any credit cards because she's living paycheck to paycheck uh, um, and so we're trying to you know what escrow is and what a earnest money is and and all these different terms, and and then you sit there and you watch these programs where they're teaching kids about transgenderism and homosexuality and 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 um, uh, transvestites and everything, and they need to be teaching kids about okay, this is what you need to do. Your first paycheck, you put ten percent in savings. If you don't have the money, you don't buy something. Credit cards are not your friend. 
Um, she was paying like 15% interest on her car loan for Pete's sake because she doesn't have a credit rating because she doesn't have a credit card. And, wow. and that's, that, you know, and, and that's a class thing. That's not a white privilege or, 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 or any color of anybody. It's, it, it's strictly your economic class. And there's no way in hell that the federal government is ever going to be able to level the playing field, okay? People right. that work are going to get rich. People who sit in our victims are going to stay poor. This young lady is doing her damnedest to get make life better for herself and her uh, adopted five-year-old. She adopted a baby who was born addicted to heroin. And um, she's doing her damnedest to, 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 to make a good um, home and good life for this child. And so that's what we need to be teaching in school, how to balance a checkbook, um, uh, you know, what you need to do to, to apply for a loan, how you, you know, how you better yourself, not it's okay, you know, to put on a girl's dress and a wig and false eyelashes. Right, right. Of course, you know, the thing is, the way the federal government manages to get, you know, the states really are still responsible for their educational content and, uh, and their curriculum, you know, so to say. But the, and the, I was actually on the school board in Del Rio, Texas for a few years. I learned a lot. It was a uh, real uh, eye-opener as to how much it costs off right, schools and, and the politics involved. And uh, But the thing is, the federal government is just like the highway system, okay? You know, they say that, you know, okay, you can't have your speed limit over 70 miles an hour. If you do, we're not going to give you your funding. They do the same thing in education. If you don't teach, you know, these things that we want you to teach, then we're mm -hmm. not going to give you the funding that, that you need. And when you look at, at, at the uh, every, in, in education, believe it or not, every dollar counts because it's, the, the budgets are amazing. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that's the, one of the hardest jobs in the world is managing that many people and that much money. But, uh, but yeah, so, so now your, your friend, I mean, uh, what is her education level? She's a high school graduate. High school graduate, yeah. So, mm -hmm. and I've said, and this, I've said this for years too. We don't, we don't teach problem resolution in, uh, in most schools in the United States anymore. That, that is a huge problem mm -hmm. because kids don't know how to solve the problem. The problem no, they're not allowed. Far, huh? Yeah, right. so, yeah, and especially here in Texas when we teach to the STAR test, which I thought was abolished, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, you're not teaching the kids anything but ex except how to pass the test. You're not teaching them how, okay, well, if, uh, if I buy uh, uh, this car at uh, $10,000 at 15% interest, that means a dollar fifty out of you know or, or what is it fifteen dollars out of every hundred is going to the interest, and it's only reducing the principal eighty five dollars. I'm going to be paying for this car for twenty five years. We don't right, teach right. them that. Right now, I'll tell you how much education has changed since you and I were in school. And when I, I've always said the the best teacher I ever had in high school was a guy by the name of E. L. Ross. Mr. Ross taught, uh, he was a, an agriculture teacher, and he taught uh, taught us how to weld. He taught us how to wire buildings, how to work on tractors, how to how to uh, mm -hmm. fix uh, motors and pickups. And, and not, not only did he teach us how to do that, he taught us the economics behind it, which was mm -hmm. really an important thing that he did. He said, because, you know, he said, and basically, for example, he would do like a tractor. We'd bring an old tractor in there to work on it and get going, and he would just 
we'd sit down before we'd even start working on it and we'd start calculating out what it's going to cost to build that tractor back up, compare that to a price of a new tractor, and he'd say, okay, you tell me. Do you want to spend this much money? So he was very practical. And I've always said he taught me more than any other teacher. Yeah. And But yeah. when I, when I, my sons, we know they, they graduated several years ago. One, Cody is almost 31 and Jake's 36. And but they never had instruction like that. I mean, we had already mm-hmm. started going to the standardized testing, and and uh, and I know that Texas now is in the process of doing away with that. But it goes back to our argument, pros and cons on succession. Okay, for the United States, if we weren't tethered to the, the federal anchor, I mean, do you think do you, either you think that our our education system here in Texas would be better or would it be worse? I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about it, Sandy, to be, you know, to, to make a valid opinion. I think any time you get the federal government out of the area, you're better off. I mean, how, right. how, how can one set of regulations take care of solving problems in Salem, Oregon, and and relate to a little school in uh, Mobile, Alabama. You can't. Right, right. You know the, right. the 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 situations are totally different. Everybody needs to learn to read and write and do arithmetic, and not this new crap that takes twenty five steps to multiply two two digit numbers. I mean, I'm I'm appalled. <laughs> I am appalled at how these kids are being taught math. Memorize the multiplication tables. You know, that's what we did. And we can multiply in our heads. We can multiply, you know, three-digit numbers. Um, But when I lived in Chile, they had a standardized test that they gave. And, and of course, now this was back in 1968, 69. Things may have totally changed there. But this is their school system. Education is mandatory. You have to go to school. At the equivalent of our senior year, a statewide test is given. The top 10% of the students go to college free. The rest of them go to a vocational school and learn a trade. So they have people that can fix your toaster so you don't throw the toaster away and go to Walmart and buy another one made in China. They have people that can fix the air conditioner. They have carpenters. They have bricklayers. They have tile setters. They have concrete people. Um, I noticed on one of the PBS channels that I watched, there's something like 15 million trade jobs available right now in the United States that are unfilled because people don't have the skills to fill them. Just think what our economy would be like if, if kids, you know, left this idea of we have to go to college and get ahead and then we get a degree in uh, transgender poetry and then we can't find a job. You know, hello? Right. You know? I, I mean, that. You know, you know yeah. they, at Texas, Texas State University, they, and I just, everybody thought I was nuts because I'd never heard of this, but about a year or so ago I found out they have a degree in African-American studies. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? <laughs> where do you get a job in African American studies? Yeah, where you, where you, budget, but. yeah, I know. I mean, and, 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 you know, with I don't know what it costs at Texas State, but um, I know when my nephew went to UT about 25 years ago, it was 5000 bucks a semester. So, you know, yeah, where, no, how, how, yeah, I mean, it's just the student loans are incredible. 
So, yeah, go to trade school. Learn a, learn a profession. Be a functioning part of society. I have another friend whose grandson went to Angelo State, and um, the only fun Great part he had is, yeah, the, the only fun part he had was somebody hired him to go hunt hogs. And uh, after a year, he said no. He went to school in Waco. He's learned to be a diesel mechanic, um, welding, and I think one other thing has no student loans whatsoever and started out making $90,000 a year. Hello. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, – and, and uh, Dave and I have had this discussion before in the past where, you know, they don't teach history anymore. Uh-uh. And, uh, and, they don't teach know, that's civics anymore. Very we important. Had to, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how do, you, how do you know? Like I say, the reason these, these, this, the, the generation today wants communism is because they don't understand communism. Exactly. Right. When I was in eighth grade, you had to pass a constitution test to graduate. You had to, I mean, that was, everybody was so afraid, oh my God, if we don't pass the constitution test, we're not going to go to high school. And we all learned the constitution. Okay, we got to wrap right, it up. Right, right. Less than a minute. All right. Okay, so I'm off my soapbox now. So anyway, think about it. Let us know your thoughts and uh, you know, shoot us an email if, if you you know got some comments you want to make or some questions you want to ask, and and, uh, and we'll continue on this subject very soon in the future. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.